Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Good, Jim. How are you? Hope your summer's going well. It is, Andy. You had a bit of the family and some friends over the other day, a little bit of pool time, cookout, that kind of thing. That's always enjoyable. So summer's going well. No complaints. However, we are middle of July now. We are getting closer and closer to real football happening. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait. Yeah, well, all Penn State fans should be – well, I can't wait anyway because it's a new college football season. But Penn State fans this year, man, you should be off the charts excited for this team and for this season and the prospect of what these 12 games and this season have going on. It's it's like – it's something in the James Franklin era, that, Franklin era that I don't think Penn State football fans have experienced this kind of level – of anticipation and expectation for a team. You're exactly <laughs> right. There, there's legitimate reasons to be excited, Andy. Yep. However, we're going to start our show a little bit different. The big news story this week didn't come out of Penn State. It came out of Northwestern. And for those who haven't followed it closely, I want to get your take, Andy, but let me give the quick summary of what took place there were reports of hazing by the northwestern football team the administration at northwestern brought in an outside investigator they apparently came back with some damning info on hazing now they didn't put out the full details they put simply put out a summary and the end result of this is they suspended the coach Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks without pay. When you got a guy who's making millions of dollars, not exactly the fiercest of punishments. And although they didn't, a lot of people are reporting that they concluded that the coach didn't know about the hazing. It actually, here is the the actual quote. There had been significant opportunities to discover and report the hazing con, con, conduct, but they didn't have uh, full evidence of it. So they ended up with the two-week suspension, slap on the wrist. There became a bit of a backlash, especially after the whistleblowers went to the student newspaper reported all the details, which came out from the Northwestern student newspaper, terrible public backlash. The Northwestern administration changed courses, ended up firing Pat Fitzgerald, and now Pat Fitzgerald went to his lawyers, so there's going to be a total and complete mess at Northwestern. Did I get the highlights right, Andy? Yeah, I think you got the high end stuff right, Jimmy. It's um, it's a it's sad, it's unfortunate, it is concerning, and it is almost tragic. What 
how all of this sort of went down and how Northwestern mishandled the leadership and mis mishandled this, you know, almost from the jump from when they decided and made their decisions. But yeah, it, you got it right, Jimmy. You got the high level stuff right. Now, Andy, what I want to be careful of is, as a Penn State fan, which I am, we all should be sensitive to what happened at Penn State about 12 years ago. And the national narrative for what happened at Penn State, I'll come right out and say, I think it was wrong. I think specifically Joe Paterno was treated unfairly. So with that in mind, I wanted to temper how I react to these things. I will say, if the accusations are true, that I believe he should have been fired. But that leads us to how the administration reacted to this. It starts with two-week suspension, and then I'm imagining what the student newspaper put out was really not new news. It was new news to the public because the details of the official report were not released, only the summary. So it felt like the Northwestern administration gauged which way the wind was blowing, got a lot of blowback about only a two-week suspension, went back without any, possibly without any new evidence, now decided he should be fired. I'm thinking this is not the way to run the, an operation. <clears throat> my problem, my problem here, Jimmy, is I, it's twofold. Look, I if it appears what is printed in the student newspaper is true, but did it? They had to have that information when they made their decision on you know on last week to suspend Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks. My problem is. If that's your decision, and that is the conclusion that you reached based on all of the information, the report that you had, everything that was given to you, <clears throat> high-level meetings that you had, this was your decision what to do, is to suspend your coach for two weeks. What changed in 48 hours to make that decision, we're going to fire him now? No new information was brought to light. All that happened was, and that I can tell, is those that were involved in the original whistleblowing incident or taking it to the administration shared the details that were not shared with the public, with the student newspaper, and they printed it. And it changed public opinion. So public opinion was making the decision, not the Northwestern administration. Were you going to fire him or were you going to suspend him for two weeks? Look, with everything that's come true, yeah, you sh he should have been fired. But that wasn't the decision they reached. That wasn't their original decision. And I'm very, very concerned with the process and the leadership of, we're going to suspend you for two weeks. That's it. That's our decision. We're standing behind it. And then 40, you know, a couple days later, you're like, now nah, we're going to fire you now with nothing new coming to light in terms of information. It wasn't like a week went by and there was more revealed or more players came forward or more of the process, 
you know, of what details of this, what was going on during these incidents came to light. There was no new information. They just changed their mind. Weak, weak leadership, Jimmy. I'm sorry. And it's not anything to do with whether or not you think Pat Fitzgerald should have been suspended for two weeks or should have been fired. It's that their process and their decision-making was completely flawed, and now they're going to really pay for it, I think. I believe you're right, Andy, and I think that's a flaw a lot of institutions in this country and perhaps probably in the world suffer from. And I'm not, I don't want to get into the politicize this, but you see, you know, Cocaine is found in the White House, and the story changes every week depending on public response. Anheuser-Busch gets blowback on something, and they change gears because of public response. Instead of doing what you think is right and being able to support it, and I think that's the flaw that the Northwestern administration had, and just like all these other institutions, do what you think is right and be able to support it, no matter how the the public responds. But it leads to a couple more questions, though. I believe that based on at least the article from the Northwestern student newspaper, if their details are correct, the coaching staff should have known about this. If they didn't, they don't have any control over their locker room, okay? They should have known which means also the assistant coaches should have known. Pat Fitzgerald's being fired, but not the assistant coaches. Is that as wrong as it feels like to me, Andy? I mean, you could go with the premise that, you know, it starts at the top and, you know, leadership begins at the top and all that. My question is, did you suspend him because he knew or didn't didn't know? And did you subsequently fire him because he should have known or he, or because he didn't know, and that's the fireable offense. You don't know why they fired him, right? Because their original decision to me was, you sus- you're going to suspend him. Well, why did you fire him? Did you fire him because you because he knew, or because he didn't know? I mean, obviously, it appears as if he knew, right? And if he knew, is he solely responsible? Or is every part of his coaching staff also responsible for that as well? I'm not prepared to answer that question, but, you know, leadership goes up and up the ladder and it also comes down the ladder, right? Like you have a chain of command up and then there's a chain of command down. So obviously Northwestern just decided the buck stopped here. I just think they just, they, they didn't hold the coach accountable for the actions and then they changed their mind and wanted to hold him accountable for the actions and were afraid of all the repercussions if they held everybody accountable for the actions. Well, remember, too, also that Pat Fitzgerald isn't going to take this line down. He has legal representation. There's a lot of money at stake. They fired them him for cause. And that means he would forfeit the rest of his money. And it's millions of dollars, Andy, left on that contract. He doesn't want to leave that on the table. And the argument from his legal team will be, hey, wait a minute. You knew everything. We came to this agreement, two-week suspension. 
Now, a couple days later, no new information, and you're firing him. That's wrong. Yeah, that's where I think that's where Northwestern has is in the greatest sort of jeopardy is, you know, you there wasn't a timetable. There wasn't somebody, you know, holding a proverbial gun to Northwestern's head to come out with the decision and reach their conclusion and do something about this. They, it was an internal investigation. They set their own timeline. So there, it wasn't they had to expedite or make a rash decision. They had time to make and choose their course of action. And they did it, and they just made one that was really poor, and they're, they're in serious jeopardy legally possibly because of the way their decision went down. All right, Andy, uh, some great insights, but we're not done with this story. We're going to pick it up. I got a few more questions for you, starting in quarter number two. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Andy Shea. We are talking about the fallout from the Northwestern hazing incident that went on. We're talking about Andy, the Northwestern administration, handing out a two-week suspension for Pat Fitzgerald. A couple days later, after reading the room, gee, I erred on the side of two lacks with the punishment. It needs to be more. And they fired him. Now, my thinking is if they needed to fire him, they should have fired the whole staff 
for the same reasons. If the head coach should have known, so should the assistants. If you want to argue that Pat Fitzgerald had, you know, whispered in the ears of his assistant coaches, you say anything, I'm going to fire you. You know, there's no indication of that. To me, they, they are almost as culpable as the head coach. But my question now is, Andy, what about the players and their culpability in all this? And first of all, let me just also mention something we didn't talk about. The players put out a statement from their perspective, supposedly from it was signed all of the players. But essentially, the players denied the allegations. They said the players don't tolerate hazing. And by the way, Coach Fitzgerald had no knowledge of any of the acts of hazing. (laughs) So it's like, we didn't do it. But if we did, the coach knew nothing about it. Um, What responsibility do they have? They're not five-year-olds. They're 20 years old. That's a really good question. Um, Attitude, I'm a big believer in attitude reflects leadership. So their culpability is you may want to do something and you might know it's not sort of the right thing to do, but if you're allowed to do sort of not the right thing to do, and that is there are no checks and balances in place for you to maybe stretch yourself a little bit and do something you wouldn't normally do in a sort of controlled team environment like that, then you're going to do it. So it has to be, this is a clear, it was not a clear cut boundary at Northwestern that this was something that it was a very, this was something that can't happen. This isn't something that is acceptable. We don't allow this. It was not a clear black and white boundary. It was a very gray sort of muddy muddled boundary and, whether or not you believe it's the right thing to do or you don't believe it's the right thing to do, if you're allowed to do it and it is that in that environment, then attitude reflects leadership. But the players ultimately are to be held accountable for their actions and they were not being held, obviously, accountable for them. Whether that is known or unknown, they were not being held accountable for their actions and they were not taking responsibility for their own. So I think they hold a large part of how this sort of became part of the DNA a little bit uh, sort of quietly of the program. And this just isn't this current class. This has obviously been going on for a while at Northwestern, or it has alleged to have been going on for a while at Northwestern. So this is sort of long-term you know, it's a long-term sort of, you know, handed down a lack of a institutional control and boundary. Uh, universities talk about institutional control, right, Jimmy? We have institutional control. Northwestern, the university, and Northwestern's football program did not have institutional control of what was going on inside their football locker room, it seems, when it came to this. And again, as the Penn Stater, I want to be careful. I'm going to use words like the alleged accusations, alleged actions. But, you know, my feeling is if the coach is being, head coach is being held responsible, as I mentioned, I think the assistant coaches have to also, and the players, 
just because they are allowed to do these things doesn't mean they should. So I, I think there is some responsibility there. Now, the problem with that, Andy, is you could fire the coach. You can't fire the team. Right. And you've got and to you be careful with the punishment. Well, the the question then becomes now, where does Northwestern go from here? And, you know, what's the fallout going to be among the players? Now, I think they're going to be careful with the players because the I mean, this is a team that was one in eleven. Okay, right, right, right. so it's it's not like they were so good. Maybe they should have taken the Deion Sanders plan in Colorado and just said, "Hey, we're going to blow the whole thing up." But there are repercussions already hitting, which is they've already this week had four D commitments from their class of twenty four. Yeah. So there is a fallout going on. There will continue to be fallout. I just wonder, you know, this isn't this isn't like a recruiting violation where, you know, a, a letter of the law was broken and there's a chain, you know, of, of, you know, how it's handled and what the conference does. Is the Big Ten going to hold Northwestern, the university, and a member of its conference accountable? Is the NCAA going to look to, you know, the football program, it, not the whole university, but hold the university accountable for its lack of institutional control in terms of hazing over its football program. Do they have something in place for that? Those are questions I ask because you do an internal investigation and you decide to fire your football coach, and is that's it? That It stops there? Is that where you stop? There's no accountability for something egregious as this at the at other levels to hold the university president and the leadership of the university responsible for its decisions and look at what they did and their actions be held accountable i just wonder i don't know it doesn't seem like you know anybody wants to get involved in this and i'm not saying they deserve to be you know blacklisted or you know shut down completely but you there should be a level of accountability for what they did and at a higher level at the conference level and at the NCAA level. That's just a question, Jimmy. Well, speaking as a still bitter Penn State fan, I think those other uh, levels, the Big Ten Conference, the NCAA, they stopped doing this about a dozen years ago after the Penn State uh, incident. They no longer get involved. They're not going to become part of this, Andy. They they just, we found that out with incidents that have happened over the last decade, that you're not going to see the Big Ten or the NCAA get involved anymore. And, you know, my question, though, is, as Penn State fans, though, we saw what happened as post-controversy, what it took to recover as a team and as a program and Penn State was very fortunate in how it came out of it I don't want to say unscathed but they recovered pretty quickly now you're dealing with a 1 in 11 team how are they going to find a coach to come in and clean up this mess I mean Northwestern it's a struggle for that program anyway what are they going to do now after this? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week on, you know, in our show about when we were talking about coaches, right? Before any of this 
happened, we were talking about horses for the courses. Pat Fitzgerald is a legacy from Northwestern who played there, who is built to coach that program. And he is no longer the head coach. So, you know, this is going to have huge impact. And I don't know how, as a program, you recover from this. Penn State was able to weather it and manage it because the greater the greater sort of institution, partly Bill O'Brien was fantastic, right? He managed it well. That guy deserves a, a crown for the way he helped Penn State navigate that time frame by standing up and and you know just sort of being the voice of the program. But it's hard to find those guys. It's hard to find somebody that can do that. And I just see the program as as in a in a massive tailspin. I don't think you find anybody that can fix this because you don't fix this in a in a short term, Jimmy. This takes time to work its way through, especially something like hazing that is, you know, sort of part of the DNA of the program, it seems. You don't fix this short term, Jimmy. This is a long-term problem that is going to have serious repercussions on the football athletic program at Northwestern. It really will, Andy. And if you're going to talk about the Penn State legacy and recovery, you mentioned Bill O'Brien. I'm going to throw James Franklin in there also. His yep. first couple of years, they were still suffering from the sanctions. They were still suffering from all this. I, I think he deserves a, a pat on the back for everything that he did. Uh, one last item with this, Andy, that I want to bring up that I thought was funny. If there's anything about it that could be uh, considered funny. You talk about horses for courses. There was actually a rumor this week going out that Northwestern might be interested or Ed Ordrin might be interested in the job or them in him. Yeah, Has there ever been don't want to hear, a no. cultural difference no. like that? No, that's 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 awful, Jimmy. That's awful. Can I say one quick thing about Penn State? The big sure. difference here what one of the things that you were talking about Penn State was the players, those players at Penn State had nothing to do with what happened. And they were also a huge part of that solution. The players in that era, you remember the players, they sort of yep, took control of over and they were given something that they, they had nothing to do with. This is different. These players, even the ones that are currently on the roster, it appears from all the information had something to do with this. So they have skin in the game. The Penn State players at the time, when that happened to Penn State, had no skin in that game of what happened, but yet they stood up and put their own skin in the game. That was something critical that I thought gets flown under the radar a little bit, that those players at that era really made a difference at Penn State. And, Andy, that is why the, it struck me when I read the uh, response by the players and if they are truly innocent of any of this, stand up, scream it from the hilltops. It didn't happen. It's a lie. You know, it really wasn't that kind of denial. And but it was a half half baked denial. Um, 
I just think they have some culpability in this. You make an excellent point about it, that being part of the difference between Penn State and this. All right, Andy, it's time to put that uh, news to rest. Let's move on to Penn State football. When we come back, quarter three, we're going to take our listener questions. We're going to ask Andy. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim. He's Andy. And you know what time it is. It's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions. And we give them to Andy. He gives you the answers. At the end of the segment, he'll pick out the best question. Whoever sent us that best question will win the 409 Tailgate Club prize. And, Andy, if our listeners want to send in their questions for you to answer, download our app, Keystone Sports. By the way, just a side note, we're doing some updating to the app in the next couple weeks. So if you have a couple issues with it – we're getting them taken care of okay we'll muddle through it we want to make sure everything is good and solid as we head into the football season ready for your questions i'm ready jimmy let's roll all right let's start out with tim and port matilda who says we all know that nick singleton lived up to the hype he lived up to his reputation and recruiting ranking at what percentage of singleton in his first year let's call it a hundred percent will aller need to be in comparison to living up to his hype for Penn State to be a bona fide playoff team. 
Is it the same? For the record, I believe he needs to have the same type of season as a first-year starter. If Aller hits, Penn State hits. A kind of confusing wording, but I think what he's saying is Nick Singleton was everything we hoped he would be in last season. Question is, will Drew Aller be the same this year, and does Penn State need him to be that good? So I'd like to start by saying I also think Katron Allen was a 100% as well, if you're going to give that to Nick Singleton. Tim, and I think you're you're right. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're 100% right. That's a really good question because I've thought greatly about how much does Drew Aller have to be an integral part and realize the talent that he has for, for Penn State to be successful at one or two levels higher in other words can they be 11 and 1 can they be 12 and 0 and be a player and i think the number is is 80 80 20 if if you get 80% of the talent of drew aller realized this year i think you're looking at something in an offense that already has some com- known components I think if you get 80% of his talent realized as a first-year starter, as a first-year starter, not as a complete package, 80% as a first-year starter, and he meets expectations somewhere in that level, this offense is going to function very well. So that's a really good question. That's a really good question, Tim. In other words, you got a chance. <laughs> All right. Leader in the clubhouse, we'll call him. Leader All right, in the clubhouse. Let's go. Let's go to Art in Ebensburg, who said, what is your top most overlooked performance for Penn State in the last 20 years or so? My vote goes to the defensive stand that ended the 2016 Ohio State win. The block field goal and scoop and score gets a lot of love for good reason, but the defense showed up in a big way to stop a very good Ohio State offense. So over the last 20 years, Andy, is there an overlooked uh, performance. Yeah, I'm. That's a good one. I don't disagree with that one either. One that jumps out to me, just thinking off the top of my head, is Trace McSorley at Iowa and the drive and the touchdown pass. Do you remember that one, Jimmy? Andy, Andy, I'm getting scared now because that was the one I was going to bring up also. Oh, I just that throw. First of all, the drive was incredible itself, just the way he managed everything. And but that throw was ridiculous. Like you, you could give him fifty footballs, and he probably couldn't make that perfect of a throw again, just because it was that unlikely. It's like golfers when you say, "Oh my gosh, I hit that." You could give me a bucket of balls, and I couldn't do that again. That was an incredible throw to cap what was already a spectacular march. That one grabs me. That one jumps out at me. And and I tried to think back earlier, you know, back before, but that one grabbed me. I think if you're going over the last 20 years, I think that play, I mean, how often do you get a walk-off touchdown Yeah, in a, you know, tough environment on the road at Iowa? Uh, I'm with you, Andy. That was impressive. Let's go to Joe in Elizabeth. He says, your show on Difference Makers was interesting and enjoyable. 
A recent article published quoted James Franklin giving praise to Neely Bandapudi for helping to secure a couple recruits during an official visit. How awesome that the Penn State president would take the time and effort to do this. Uh, James Franklin commented he's very blessed with the alignment between the athletic director and the president with what's going on. My question is, what other opportunities of influence and leadership should Benapudi consider to focus on and give priority to as a president to be given the honor of being called a difference maker for Penn State football? And he also adds on, you know, what do you think could be her effect on the other sports too? Yeah, I think I think uh, the the relationship between an athletic department and a president at a university is and, and it goes to the athletic director as well, right? So and I put the athletic department, yeah, football's always at most places football is the marquee and the cash cow. But I think overall the it's football just manifests itself in in a in a relationship between the athletic director and the president, right? How that looks is a two-way street, a two-way street. Generally speaking, when you hear about athletic department or football program and president of university relationships, it's sort of a one-way street. I think this one seems to be more of a two-way street, and those are the best ones. And this one seems to be active and an engaging two-way street, which is a little bit unusual even today it's a little bit unusual. Presidents will say that they're are involved and care about athletics, but it, I don't listen to what you say. I I only pay attention to what you do. And if you look at what Penn State, the Penn State president, what she is doing, it tells you that it's a two way street that is active and engaged. And I think it's really important. I think it's very important when you're looking for that little bit of difference in recruiting where such a competitive playing field every little bit you get is good and i i am i am pleasantly surprised in all my years of covering penn state and watching penn state i've never seen it look like this and james franklin has been quick to compliment the power structure all the way up yep from you know athletic director school president board of trustees And that is important. And I know there's going to be another side of this argument that says, you know what? Sports should be the least of her priorities. Don't we have academic issues? Don't we have other things? Yes, we do. But sports, whether you like it or not, has an outsized influence on the university, its popularity, um, its donors, its alumni. It's a big part of that. And, you know, I had the... Somebody used the analogy, it's like the front porch of the university. It's the first thing you people see. So to have that and, you know, in line. And I do also believe, you know, Joe mentioned, what about other sports? In some ways, I think both she and Pat Kraft could have even more influence on the other sports because James Franklin, the recruiting I mean, it's going very well already. James Franklin, one could argue, maybe doesn't need all that much help. It's nice to have it, and football's the most popular sport, but basketball need, needed to completely rebuild after they lost Shrewsbury. The other sports going on need something. They just named a new baseball coach, and this is where I think the administration – 
could have a, a larger percentage of effect on sports. So my bottom line is I like that the president has her hand in this, Andy. I agree. I, I think it's very unusual as well at this level, especially going both ways. Okay, let's move on. Um, Brad in Percasy says, with Manny Diaz using talent in multiple positions, would Micah Parsons have won a Heisman if he played under Manny Diaz? Also, will Abdul Carter be a Heisman candidate or winner in 2024 if Diaz sticks around? No and no. It, the Heisman Trophy, unfortunately, in 2023, for lack of a better, it, it's it's the quarterback award, right? Like, even a ridiculous wide receiver or, you know, another offensive skill position player that has an unbelievable year, it's the quarterback award. It's It's the most impactful college football award, and it's sort of become all about the most important position. Yeah, I said it, Jimmy, in college football, which is a quarterback position. It's a quarterback award. Michael Parsons could not have won it. Could he have gotten a seat at the table under Manny Diaz? Maybe. Can Abdul Carter? Maybe. It's not unlikely to get an invite, but win it, no chance. I, I agree with you. But I think that the the premise that Brad has is, you know, yes. would these players have stood out? Would um, Micah Parsons have stood out even more under Manny Diaz? But you also got to remember, Brent Pry did not have Micah Parsons for that last year. Okay, remember Correct. he sat out in that COVID season. I know Let's this under Manny in. Diaz. Under Manny, he would not have been a timeshare his first year. Probably not. All right, let's go to Steve in Potomac. Steve says, should the Big Ten drop Northwestern and replace them with a team that would add value? Illinois already brings the Chicago media market. It seems like they'll only struggle for more years without Fitzgerald. I I, I, I don't think you – do you – when there's a fire, do you run? Do you run from it? I, I don't know if you – I don't think you do the university fair by running from a fire without good cause or reason. And I don't think the big 10 has been given one yet. Andy. Yeah. Conference. If, if you had to start from scratch a redo, would the big 10 not have Rutgers? Would they not have Northwestern Would the Southeast conference, not have Vanderbilt very likely, but they're not starting from scratch. And right. you just don't see this happen where they cook, kick a school out of the conference. And I understand if you said, well, it's a weak program already. And, it is. But I think also the Big Ten likes the prestige of having a school like Northwestern part of them. They want to act like they the academics is important. So having a Northwestern around, I believe, is important to the Big Ten. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number three. Stick around when we come back. Andy's going to name our winner. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. 
StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. He's Andy. I am Jim. And before we get started with our segment, Andy, we need a winner from Ask Andy. Who's it going to be? It is Tim and Port Matilda. Very analytical football question. It's the way I've looked at the quarterback position with, you know, Drew Aller this year. And Tim, you and I are speaking the same language. You're our winner this week. Very good, Tim. We'll be getting in touch with you. All right, Andy. Quarter number three was obviously our Ask Andy. That's where our listeners got the chance to ask you questions. Now it's my turn. Uh, Instead of a specific topic for the segment, I'm just going to ask you random questions, which you have not seen. I didn't share notes with you. Nope. Off the top of your head. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say. Fair enough? Fair enough. I'm, I'm ready to be in your hot seat, Jimmy. All right. Let's do it then, Andy. Let's project this season. Penn State has to... They have to get by that Michigan or Ohio State. They got to get over that hurdle. Let's say they don't, though. Let's call it a 10-2 and two season, but competitive games with Michigan and Ohio State. Is that good enough? W- would you call it still a good season? Maybe. I, I would just, I would feel that oh, it's kind of the, you know, same as it ever was. Did you meet the minimum standard? Yes. Did you pick a another step to the next level or create an opportunity for this program to take a step in the next level at 10 and two, I would say that would be a no. I wouldn't call it a disappointment. I would not call 10 and two a disappointment. I would call it expectation met at the lowest common denominator. That's just the way I would, I would see it. And it's sort of the, 
same as he ever was, right? Like he's had a James Franklin's had a few of these ten win lose to Michigan and Ohio State sort of seasons or lose two games during the regular season sort of years and the odd years that they did beat Michigan. Um, same as it ever was is 10 and two would be the lowest common denominator of an expectation met. I just don't think you could call 10 and two unsuccessful. I just can't say that that's, that's a bad season. I'm with you, Andy. You know, there are going to be pretty much every school in the country outside of three or four who would take that 10 and two season with two losses to what will probably be two top five teams and say, we had a great year. It's credit to James Franklin that he's got the team at that level. But when you combine the couple things, like we talked about at this top of the show, so much anticipation and excitement going into this year. The other piece to this puzzle is, that 12-team playoff that starts in 24, this is James Franklin's last chance to make that 14 playoff. Yep. So a year from now, they could be 10-2 and two and make the 12-team playoff, but it's not going to feel like that same accomplishment, is it? No, and it won't. And this is a legitimate opportunity. This is a team that has a legitimate opportunity to be one of those four football teams. Whether or not they realize it will be up to them. But when you look at every measurable on a stick that you need, other than the quarter experience at the quarterback position, I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about bona fide college football experience. That's sort of the only missing box that they don't check. They're there. And, Andy, it's unfortunate that Michigan, Ohio State is good every year. They've got the raw talent every year to be a playoff team. Michigan, they have taken the next step. Nobody else has to play two other teams like that. Heck, in the Southeast Conference where there's two teams like that, Alabama and Georgia, they don't even play each other. Andy, it leads leads to another uh, question. Which team will be better, the 2023 Nittany Lions or the 2024 Nittany Lions? Uh, the 2000, I think it's the 2023 Nittany Lions. In some respects, I want to say 24 because I think there'll be some progress at a couple positions, particularly wide receiver. I think the 2024 wide receiver that position will advance beyond where it is right now and heading into this season. But man, it's just, there are so many elements in place right now that it's hard for me to see more of those in place heading into 2024. I mean, Drew Aller will be another year experience, but there's, there's some, there's some, there's some elements on defense that I think could be missing and, including the coordinator. Does he stay around? But I just think it's 2023, Jimmy. It's a good question. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. And you pointed it out. The one big difference is we'll have an experienced Drew Aller quarterbacking this team in 24. We won't have that in 23. We'll, I'm pretty confident Drew Aller will be really good in 24. Will he be, though, in 23? If he is, I'm with you. It's the 23 team. 
Okay, Andy, let's uh, let's talk about the coaches. Forget the coordinators. Who's the most important position coach this year? I didn't say the best. Who's the most important? Uh, the unfortunately, I, I think it's I think it's the wide receiver coach. I think it's the new wide receiver coach. Um, his name escapes me right off the top of my head. Sorry, Hagen's. Hagen's. From Virginia. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think, I think, I, I, and the reason I say he, he's the most important in my opinion is not because I'm saying, well, he has to do a great job. I'm saying the opportunity with what he has, I mean, he's got what, 12, 13 scholarship players to mold that position from the ground up. This is it, right? They're kind of at a place where they can, the, the only place they can kind of go is up a little bit. So I think there's a great opportunity there. And that's why I think it's the most important. And it's the position that if it develops and becomes sort of, you know, even, even half of a weapon that it, it appears it could be, that's going to help this team tremendously. So I think it's wide receiver. Good question. I, I like that one. I, I agree with you. And that was the first name I put in, put down. The second name I had was Dion Barnes for pretty much the same reasoning. Is there a vulnerability on the defensive line, specifically at defensive tackle? I think there's the pieces are there. You know, it's could, could he hold it all together? The other part to it is Hagens is replacing a coach that was let go. Right. Barnes is replacing someone who moved on, who left. Maybe bigger shoes to fill there. Okay, Andy. What player or players are the Penn State fans not talking about enough coming into this season? In other words, who's going to be a, a an X factor, but we're not really talking very much about that player? At the top of my list is, is um, I just see, it's Keandre Lambert-Smith at wide receiver. I just think he's going to, I think he's going to emerge as a bona fide wide receiver one. I really do. I think so. I think there's plenty of elements that I saw healthy and whole. Obviously that's always a back, you know, and always sort of a caveat you have to throw in there. Healthy and whole. There's just a lot of elements that I see of his, in his game that are scratching the surfaces of the next level. And I can see it coming. You know, you can see sort of the, the train coming down the tracks, I think you can see a wide receiver one of the trains for him coming down the tracks. The second one is, you want another one? You want one on the other side of the ball too, Jimmy? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. I I see Curtis Jacobs. I know Abdul Carter is going to get all the attention at the linebacker position, and he should, and he will, and it's justified, and it's the right thing. Curtis Jacobs. He is going to be a monster at the linebacker position for Penn State. He is going to be the sort of ying to the Abdul Carter yang that sort of opens the gate for Abdul Carter to be the full Monty freak. And I think Curtis Jacobs is good at it. He's gotten better at it, and he's going to be great at it. And it's only going to make this defense even that much more difficult. So those are the two players right off the top of my head that I would go the third, and this is a wild card for me is deny Dennis Sutton at defensive end. If that guy becomes a freak, 
this defense is going to be unmanageable from a game planning perspective for offensive coordinators week in and week out. Andy, I'm going to go with a couple different names than you. I think you had good answers. I'm going to mention Trey Wallace at wide receiver. I think he has a high ceiling, and I think he's gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit with talking about Lambert Smith, Dante Cephas coming in. But I think the team sees something there. I think he got um, – he's part of that starting rotation. He's the guy, my guy on offense. On defense, I'm going to go Keaton Ellis. And again, going by this premise, who who's someone people aren't talking about? No one's really talking about him, but I think he has some of the skill set. Remember, this is a, a kid who got on the field as a true freshman at cornerback, so he obviously has some of the physical skills. Um, he's now at safety. There's no longer that top dog there that we had the last two years with Brisker, then Brown. He's the veteran. He was named the captain. This is his last year to really show before an opportunity for the NFL. I'm saying keep your eye on Keaton Ellis. Um, I think we have time for one more question, Andy. Where's this team most vulnerable? This team is most vulnerable in um, it. This team is most vulnerable in being an offense. I think the biggest it's, that's a tough question. I think their vulnerability is their inability to possibly be a powerful offense and score enough points. It's hard to say that when you know the defense that they have. I'm not saying they're a one-sided team. I think the biggest vulnerability is maybe for the defense to be such a shining star that the offense doesn't carry any of the load. And I think the offense still needs to carry some of the water up the hill for this team. The defense can not do it on its own. All right, Andy, you know what? I'm going with special teams. Too many oh, new players one. there. I think they're vulnerable. Good one. Okay, Andy, I'm I'm also naming myself the winner of this segment of Ask Andy. I asked no the best questions this quarter. That is it for the show, Andy. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. 
Penn State football news 52 weeks a year. Count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.